Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney sharing a thought with you for the day. In my last podcast, I spoke about the frequency um, of music and what it does to your physical body, how you react to it spiritually, how the monks use it to chant, how movie industries use it to evoke different emotions in us. And today I want to talk about the frequency of thought. What you think about can heal or harm you. When I was studying for my Healing Code Practitioner um, certification under Dr. Alex Lloyd and his mentors and his group of people, what I began to learn, which I found absolutely fascinating, was that your thoughts heal or harm you. What Dr. Lloyd did, he's, he did a experiment himself. He went out and he bought 12 roses. He gave 10 of those roses to his wife and he kept two for himself. He had two different vases and he, he labeled them. One was negative and one was positive. And he stuck one rose in each vase with a different label. Every day for seven days only and 30 seconds each day. That's as long as it took to, to, to see the outcome of this experiment. He would pick up the rose in the vase that said positive. He would hold it in his hand. He wouldn't say a word. He would just find a happy memory, a positive memory in his life, any time in his life. He would go back to that memory in his thoughts and he would fully immerse himself in that memory as though it was happening to him right now. When you think about something in your past or you go back to a memory, whether it's painful or a good one, your body does not know that you are in your imagination or that you're visiting a past memory. When you can feel those emotions, it believes, your body believes, that you are reliving those same emotions right now as when it happened. Which is why a person who is in their 50s can recall a trauma from their childhood, let's say at age 6, and they can cry hysterically even though that happened uh, so many years previously in their past, when they think about it, they relive it to the same intensity as when they went through it. So Dr. Lloyd, by holding that rose, immersing himself in his most pleasant, joyful, happy memory, went back to relive it as though it was happening. And then he monitored the effect that those thoughts had. Remember, he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He simply thought about it. And then he put the rose back in the vase. And then he would do the opposite. He would take the other rose that was in the negative labeled vase and he would just hold it. Again, he would find his most painful negative memory of his life and he would immerse himself in that memory, reliving it to the same intensity. Again, that was only for seven days and only for 30 seconds each day. And that was enough to do the damage or the good. After those seven days, he examined those roses and the one that was in the positive labeled vase was as fresh, smelled as beautiful as the day that he bought it. Now remember, these two roses came from the same bunch. So one was not older than the other. They came from the same bunch. The rose that was in the negative labeled vase also had changes to it. And what he noticed is that it had started to go black. It was rotting. It was slimy. 
and it smelled bad. It was only good for the dustbin. Now, if the thoughts that you think can do that to a rose, what is happening to your organs? What is happening to the cells in your body when that is going on in your internal environment and you don't even know it? The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, trust, humility, self-control. Against this, there is no law. If we could foster within us all of those fruit of the Spirit against which there is no law, what would that be doing to our bodies? Now, I just want to read to you Philippians 4 verse 8. It says, and this is the NIV version, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It doesn't say do anything with it. It simply says to think about such things. Knowing what we know from that experiment that I just mentioned, it now becomes understandable why it's important to think about such things. Do you know that every disease has a frequency? Cancer sits at about 30 to 35 hertz. It lowers your body's frequency to 30 to 35 hertz. But do you know that if you have an internal environment in your unconscious, maybe you don't even think about this on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's captured in your unconscious or your subconscious mind. If you have negative thoughts, maybe let's say of guilt or shame in your internal environment, do you know that just like the thoughts that brought that rose in the negative labeled vase brought it to its end very quickly? Those frequencies of your thoughts are also harming your body. They are machines that can measure the hertz of um, different emotions. So if cancer sits at 30 to 35 hertz, do you know what the frequency of guilt and shame is? Guilt sits at 30 hertz. It's below cancer. Shame sits at 20 hertz. Now, if you've got this going on in your body, your body's frequency gets lowered, and this is how we get sickness and disease. It's your thoughts that are killing you. It's the way that you think about things. It's your perspective on it. It's your wrong beliefs that you have. You know, we all have different beliefs about situations, especially when you go through things before the age of nine years old. Your brainwave states are in such a low frequency that you do not have the ability to form context or logic to circumstances that happen in your life. So if you're playing ball outside, as was the case with Dr. Alex Lloyd, playing ball outside with the young son, and you know they the, the son kept missing the ball, and Dr. Lloyd said to him, Oh my goodness, butterfingers, you never you'll never be good at, you know, um, rounders or whatever this baseball or whatever it is. And what you taken as a kid is not that dad is joking about this. You don't hear 
the laughter in his voice. You don't see the smile on his face. You don't see the pure love and adoration that he has for you when he made that statement. You only hear the words, you're never going to be good at anything. You have this belief system because you can't put context to what was said to you as a child. And you form these belief systems that go into a central filing system, if I can call it that, on the inside of you, your human hard drive. And all of your experiences go into this drive and every future experience gets measured against this drive. So you have an overreaction to certain things based on what's in your programming. So let's just say, for instance, you are a man, you're a gentleman, you're coming out of a shopping center and you and a woman on the other side of the door meet at the same time, being the gentleman that you are, you open the door for her to come through and she gives you a dirty look and says, do you think that I couldn't open the door myself? All you were trying to do was be a gentleman because that's the way your parents raised you. But you take that event, that's not even your problem, this is a her problem. Okay, there's a, a rudeness, there's, there's issues there, you know, from her point of view. But for you, you take that on board and it blows up out of proportion. And when you see your overreaction to how the woman handled your kind gesture, you tend to overreact. Where does that overreaction come from? It comes from that filing system. You probably have gone through things in your life and you're taking in data all the time from the time you're in the womb even. You're taking on this data, it goes into your filing system and when you got rejected by that woman in that shopping center, that file comes up and it's not just about the rejection at the shopping center. It is about every time in your life that is stored in your human hard drive where you got rejected. So those are the issues that need to be dealt with. Now, our emotions are really important to us. They're the truth about what we're experiencing in the moment. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good for us or that we should stay locked into those negative emotions. When I looked at the effect on negative emotions on the physical body, I found some really, really interesting things. Do you know that unforgiveness is classified in medical books as a disease? Why? Because it distresses just about every organ in your body. It distresses the musculoskeletal system. It produces headaches. There's stomach aches that come out of unforgiveness. There's joint pain. There's decreased blood flow. Um, there's reduced supply of oxygen and nutrients to the cell. Arthritis comes in with unforgiveness, impaired digestion, a whole range of different effects on your body from carrying unforgiveness. When you look at, uh, let me just think, um, rage and hatred, how they did the study, I do not know. And I haven't personally seen it, but this was actually a study that was done on what happens, what is the effect on guinea pigs when people in a room express rage and anger and hatred. And what they found was that it affects your organs. So in the person's organs themselves, they became affected. But because of the spewing out of the mouths of these volunteers who volunteered to be part of the study where they expressed rage and hatred and anger. The condensed molecules from their breath 
exhaled from verbal expressions of anger, they contain toxins. And over one hour, these toxins could kill 80 guinea pigs. Okay, as I said, this is a study that was done. I haven't personally seen it. I've researched it, and this is what's come up on the effects of rage and hatred. But my gosh, doesn't the word say life and death is in the power of your tongue? And so what we're saying has an effect, not only on our own organs, but on things that are around us. Um, Proverbs 14 verse 30 talks about the effects of envy, where that's your internal environment. It says it rots the bones. So these are some of the things that we can begin to work on healing as, you know, when if we're healing the issues of the heart, these are possibly the roots that we need to start dealing with if you have issues with bones or organs or um, arthritis. Um, you know, these are just some of the clues of the accusations that are against us in the courts of heaven that need to be answered. If you look at the effects of grief on the body, there's shortness of breath, there's digestive problems, there's tightness in the chest, there's nausea, there's weight loss, heart palpitations, headaches, um, suppressed immune system. And you've heard all the words that go with grief, which are painful. You've got heart sick, heartbroken heartache, all of these different words that go with the emotions in our body. So we've got to start to learn how to fix those emotions. I mean, it's good to accept them, to embrace them, but then to move through them, not to be kept captive by these different emotions. And this is what guarding the heart is all about, understanding our thoughts. Now, the word says, take every thought captive to the mind of Christ, make it obedient. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ has to bow its knee. And this starts in our thoughts. What you think about can heal or harm you. We've got to start training our brains to go towards life in accordance with Philip with Philippians 4 verse 8. Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, think on these things. I don't know why it is, but we seem to be wired towards the negative. If someone goes, how, how are you? And then we start giving them a whole 10-minute story about what's wrong with us and what's not going right in our lives. We've got to start to look every day for those things that we can give thanks to God for. Change the way that we think and our whole worlds will begin to change. I hope you have the most amazing day today and I bless you. See you next time.